0: Good evening and welcome. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, and it's my pleasure to be here with you in the War Memorial Arpa House in San Francisco and to welcome you to this evening's Meet the Artist interview. This is Friday, May 9th, 2014, and we are facing the last weekend of San Francisco Ballet's with deep regret facing (laughs) last weekend of this season, and I've lost count. I think it's 81st or 2nd, or it's a lot.
1: Oh, that's a good question. uh, Yeah, 81st or 2nd? Right. Anyway. 2nd.
0: We are very pleased to be um, representing the Center for Dance Education, which produces these programs, and the center is directed by Charles Chip McNeil. The adult education programming is coordinated by Cecilia Beam. The uh, wide range of programs that are produced by the Center for Dance Education include the community matinees, <clears throat> our wonderful dance in schools and communities program of outreach, and many adult education lecture series, interviews, pre-performance talks and all of this information is to be found on San Francisco Ballet's website, sfballet.org. Most of you are well aware now that these programs are recorded, and many of them are posted on the website, and it's to be hoped that while you're reminiscing about this wonderful season, you will go to the website and listen to some of the interviews and lectures that took place this year. So I can say welcome as well to those who are listening via the Internet. As I mentioned, this is the end of... Um, quite an exciting season. There's lots still going on and I want to call your attention to uh, what will be a bittersweet event on Sunday evening, the farewell performance for principal dancers Ruben Martin Sintas and Damian Smith. The performance starts at 7 p.m. Sunday evening. I understand there are still tickets available so after this program you might want to dash out to the box office and make sure you have your seats. I'm really pleased that um, I get to wrap up the season in conversation with San Francisco Ballet artist, Luke Willis. And welcome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Luke has been a member of the company for, I think I counted eight seasons since 2007.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it's actually, I came in the summer of 07, so I believe it's my seventh season.
0: Oh, all right. Well, we enjoyed a lot of that time with you and has been seen in uh, court de ballet roles, um, the abstract pieces, the plotless pieces, the classical pieces, and many of the character roles. And I think that's going to be how I will um, think of you when I think of your dancing. Um, Full disclosure, this is Luke's final season with San Francisco Valley, but he has a really exciting project ahead of him, so we're going to get around to that before we finish. Um, I have always enjoyed watching you, Luke, do um, just about everything you do on stage, but I have noticed that you certainly do get cast in many of the character pieces And then when you're dancing a more abstract piece, you seem to infuse it with a character. And I'm going to ask, what is your passion around characters, around the dramatic portrayal? Is this something in your background?
1: Well, yes, it is actually something very specific in my background. My training and my childhood was spent as an actor in the theater, doing plays and musicals. Um, Unlike the rest of my colleagues, I did not spend very much time in a dance studio when I was a child. Um, I came to dance when when I was older. I was 20 years old, so up to the age of 20, I had been in a performing arts high school for acting, and I had been at the acting conservatory for Boston University for two years before I discovered what ballet was and fell madly in love with it uh, and decided to drop out of the acting conservatory and see if I had any chance at maybe pursuing ballet. And I think that that education really informed everything I've done on the stage, clearly. And I see dance and all of art Really, as a form of storytelling, even when it's abstract, I believe firmly in the purpose of art as a form of communication and sharing stories with each other um, back to when we were cavemen and we needed to tell each other about the hunt or the you know the tiger that lay in in the dark shadows waiting for us. We needed to tell stories. And then we created stories to praise the gods for taking care of us and making sure we didn't get attacked by the tiger. Uh, And I think that's where art came from. And so I always see, even when it's something abstract or when it's a character, I do always see a journey and I always see a reason and I always see a need you know, and I think that's the base of basis of acting training is that there's a need. There's a reason to to put something on the stage or on the screen or on a paint on a canvas or in a novel. There's a great need behind it that creates compelling artwork that we respond to. And whether it's abstract or it's very much the need of a character to in the case of the twins from *Rite of Spring*, to to uh, murder one of those normal villagers, you know, to sacrifice, or to um, or to conquer, or to pillage, you know, whether it's that char- that strong character drive, or whether it's a far off abstract thing that has more to do with a momentary relationship where where it's just about. When you, when you lean on me this way, my body has to then react and move this way. That's still storytelling as well, even though it doesn't have that framework of a character trying to, you know, emotionally or do something to someone else.
0: Let's look back on some of the characters that you have portrayed. Um, I was reviewing your um, the, the resume list, and I remember particularly your role in Val Canaparoli's Ibsen's House. Which was the, which was the part you played?
1: I did um, Torvald from A Doll's House, okay. which was originated by Teet Halimats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And then um, Romeo and Juliet. You got to play one of the named characters. You were Paris. Mm-hmm. So you got to be the, the handsome, elegant one.
1: The handsome, elegant one who should have married Juliet, right? <laughs> I am still I still have a big problem with the ending of that story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you were actually, speaking of Yuri Posikov's Rite of Spring, you were nominated for one of the Izzies. The Izzies are the Bay Area Isadora Duncan, Isadora Duncan Awards for dance. And um, it's really quite a prestigious renowned um, award and there are awards for ensemble and awards for solo performance and choreography and so on and so forth. So you were nominated, how was that?
1: That was really fun. Uh, It was a total surprise. I danced the role of the elders, uh, which is if you've seen it, it's the Siamese twins who pick the sacrifice and I danced it with Lonnie Weeks and we were actually the second cast. So it was quite a surprise. I actually remember a friend calling me, and I was thinking, oh, no, 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 you're probably thinking of Luke Ingham, because Luke Ingham dances all these brilliant you know, principal roles. He's a new principal. who's just promoted, actually, on Monday. So, so I was like, no, 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 it's, it's, the, new, it's the new Luke, not me. And, she was like, and then I thought about it for a little bit, and I was like, wait, this person knows my last name. Like, This person knows me really well. And uh, I went back, and they pointed out, no, it was me. It was me and Lonnie Weeks that had been nominated. And it was fun. It was a fun evening. We went to the awards ceremony. We did not win, but that's okay. Frances Chung won for her whole season, which is really cool. She's so beautiful. I look up to her so much. Um, It's such a—it's sort of the kind of thing that I don't think artists ever expect— but it's such an important thing to have because because we don't often get an interaction with the audience. You know, we have this 20-foot orchestra pit between us and we hear applause and and everything on a nightly basis, but we hear it on a nightly basis and you sort of get removed from whether or not you're making an impact, whether or not you're, you're speaking to the audience or doing something worthwhile, and that project... It was one of my favorite in my career, so it was really cool to know that the dance community of San Francisco saw it and said, yeah, this was, this was a really good one.
0: That's, that's cool. cool. Um, so that project you refer to is working on the ballet, Rite of Spring, with Yuri mm-hmm. Um You have had the opportunity, as most San Francisco ballet dancers do, to work with an extraordinary Field of choreographers, um, tell us a little bit about how you respond to being in a creation.
1: Oh man, it's what I live for. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely what I live for. I love new works. I think they just they inspire me. They make me feel alive. They make me feel like an artist. And to be a part of a collaborative, creative process. Um, to be in the room with the multitude of choreographers, or, you know, not a multitude, but one at each time, but to have been with so many, and to be with so many different artists in the room, and to all have your sort of visions collide and create this this piece that we're all trying to envision, and then we can't really fully envision it until opening night. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this that's that's the work. That's what's fun. That's what's art. And that's what, I don't know, that's what I live for. (laughs) Does that answer the question?
0: Oh, sure. Um, So you do enjoy that collaborative process of creation is sort of where you were going with that. Absolutely.
1: Yes. That is, I think that is the essence of, of being an artist is c- mm-hmm. collaborating and creating, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. It is so great and important to develop technique and to, to um, continue to push pre- and keep alive and progress with pre- previous masterpieces, mm-hmm. um, older masterpieces. But it's, we're really not creating art unless we're creating new ballets
0: yeah.
1: as well, yeah. right? Okay,
0: all right. Um, speaking of working in masterpieces, um, you're sitting here looking like you could be going out on the town tonight, but actually, when we finish, he's going to go back and become a ballet dancer again and appear in this evening's performance. Um, you may have observed, if you've read your program notes, um, the evening is dense with full company pieces. They're huge pieces. So you will be um, working your little feet off. Um, start with the first one that you will be in, which is the Balanchine um, Brahms piece. And I'm thinking about your, your passion, your being a, sort of an acting dancer. The part that you get to play in, play, the part that you get to dance in um, the Brahms is this wild gypsy part. Talk about how you like to do Wild Gypsy.
1: <laughs> um, so I dance in the fourth movement of Brahms Schoenberg. And, um, you know, one of the great things about the Balanchine ballets is he picked really good music, just great music. And so the, it, I, I feel like when I'm dancing this ballet or pretty much any of the Balanchine ballets that I've... I've danced, I feel like you just, it's the music just kinda takes over everything and the steps fit so perfectly to it that it just, it it then kind of envelops you. The music envelops you because your body's playing the music almost in the way that it's moving. And you start to hear the dynamic, different dynamics of the music because the steps fit so well with the music. And I think that it's the music that is that sort of dynamic, ferocious, gypsy music that ha- and it has these moments of tenderness followed by these moments of passion and then it goes right back into tenderness again. And, it, and that's, that music reflects the steps and so the music just kind of overtakes you and the steps are informed by that and then you don't really have to do anything at all other than listen to the music and do the steps and it feels so great at the end. There's the moment right before we do the last, gosh, I don't know, it's like the last 20 or 30 seconds of the ballet and I'm standing off to the side and there's the 16 counts beforehand or these kind of like, something's coming. It's like the music's like, and now it's gonna get really big. It's about to get big. It's about to get really big. And I just look over at my partner and I look and I'm like, here we go.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, and watching it, yeah. Um, And then the other piece you'll be doing is glass pieces, which is, um, I have said this several times in the last two weeks, every time I see it, I like it more. Every time I see it, I see something new in it. How must it be to dance it? Mm.
1: I love dancing glass pieces. I have to say, I am so happy that it is the last ballet I'll dance on the opera house stage. It's so magical. It is, if I took, when we talked, well, I mentioned ritual, you know, tribal ritual dance and, you know, art being ancient and whatnot. This feels ancient and it feels tribal. At the very end, you're on stage. I believe it's 24 dancers. Um, and we're creating, the, the steps are not difficult. Um, but the patterns are so intricate and it's all about precision. And there's this, this eye contact, you're constantly making eye contact with every four counts another one of those 24 dancers just to be sure that you're in the right group of three at the right moment in the right place and while you're doing your, your step. And it, and it also has this just, the music has this inspirational life behind it that's like anything's possible and here we are together just pushing each other along and holding each other up and it feels, it feels like a community tribal dance. And like everyone is there for each other and supporting each other and that we can't make it without each and every person fully involved and present and being absolutely precise and on target with the other person next to them. And that just creates this this feeling. It's a total high. It's this amazing high. At the very end when we start the circle and we're just all glowing and you can look around, you can see that everyone else is having just as much fun as you are and you just know in that last pose up to the center, it's like its like a rocket takes off from the center of that of just love and excitement to be alive and to be part of the human race and a part of planet Earth and the universe. It's so cool.
0: And I must say, that's how you will feel when you watch it. It's just, that's how I feel every time we get to the end of it. Um, So um, this is the the sort of bittersweet moment here. But what what are you going to do next? What's, What's next? You were... Telling me that you're going to something.
1: I'm know, going like to going something. So from... this whole the whole reason I'm leaving has nothing to do with with, uh, with any kind of negative energy. Like there's no, I wasn't asked to leave, I'm not injured, I'm not, you know, there's no there's no real reason for me to stop dancing, but there is a good reason for me to pursue something else, another passion that I have. And I am planning to uh, start film school in September. Um, I've been accepted to several of them. However, I've not heard from all of them. So at the moment, I'm, I'm not really saying where I'm going because I don't absolutely know. But it looks like I will be in Southern California probably for a few years to finish my degree in filmmaking. And hopefully, the goal is to become a narrative film director. And... Um, So that's it.
0: I was wondering if your life now in theater and then dance would creep into any of your filmmaking.
1: (laughs) I don't think, it's so interesting because there's this whole, a lot of dancers are out making dance film and going to that experimental world of dance film and it's so exciting and it's so great and I think dance has to, has to enter the film medium and the film world also has to learn to respect dance for what it really is not what they're portraying it as right now and I I think that I personally don't know if that niche is really where I'm headed I really love Narrative films, mm-hmm. feature-length narrative films, and I would love to do that. I don't think dance will ever leave me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it will be possible for me to ever do anything creatively without dance finding its way into it. Well, that's just I'm glad to hear who that. I am and and what I'm about.
0: Well, we saved a few minutes for questions. I wonder if any of you have questions for for Luke, and we'll start right here. I'll repeat the question. I love your passion. It's very evident with the theatrical start that you had. It's wonderful to, because sometimes ballet dancers, you're distant, and, and you have just broken that, and you know, your warmth, and your projection, and your passion. When you started dancing at 20, what demands were, I mean, how could you physically, This is a good question. Um, She started by complimenting Luke on his passion as a dancer and then moved on to how on earth do you start this career at the age of 20? So what did it take? What did you bring to it? How did you create a career starting at the... And this is pretty rare.
1: Uh, Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, It was not... It was far from easy. I think... I had and I had a great respect for work ethic. I understood work ethic, and I understood um, the theater already. So I had that on my side. Um, I have a very athletic family. Come from a very athletic family, and I'm naturally very flexible. I have naturally hyperextended legs and very and good feet, high instep. Um, so those things helped. They don't help in teaching you how to do a tendu or, and turning a tendu into a grand jete. That part was really a matter of just incredible, I think it was fate. You know, I moved to Boston. I fell in love with Boston Ballet. I enrolled in some hip-hop classes. Then I ended up in a dance minor because a modern teacher got a hold of me, and then she sent me off to Jacob's Pillow. Somehow I met up with a principal dancer at Boston Ballet, and I was like, I'm going to take two years off from school and just try to train. And I was, gonna, I was thinking of all these different, you know, schools that might take me or that I could try to get into or what I could do. And he looked at me and he said, no, 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 no. There's this place in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and he sent me to a school that I think is one of the largest, biggest elements of being able to do and dance at this level and with a classical ballet company of this caliber. He sent me to Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, which is uh, the school from uh, Vanessa Zahori and Tina LeBlanc, um, Zachary Hinch, if you remember him,
0: Kristen Long,
1: Kristen Long, Early exactly, era. yeah. Um, So it was was fate, but then when I got there, it was hard work. You know, I went from being this 20-year-old actor, a worldly actor who just expresses himself all the time, and then I was stuck in a studio with 12-year-old girls who were spinning circles around me, and I was told to keep my mouth quiet and work harder. (laughs) And that, that was not easy. Um, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of physical pain. There was a lot of discovery of that. I, I did a lot of Pilates, yoga, and I studied something called the Alexander Technique. And I think if you're not familiar with the Alexander Technique and you have any kind of uh, health issue, you need, to, you need to go and do it. It creates an, an, an amount of self-awareness, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, that is, I haven't experienced anything like it. Um, so, I think that put me in a place where I was able to kind of be youthful in my thinking at that age and to be able to be youthful and, and to also not succumb to fear and pain. Because I think that as we get older, we, come, we become more fearful and we become more aware of, of how falling down can hurt us. Whereas when we're kids, we don't care. We just fall down and we get back up and we're like, oh, well, we won't go that far forward anymore. Now we'll go backwards and we fall backwards and we know, oh, not that far backwards. And so I, that's the kind of youthful sort of mentality that I approached ballet with, and I was, able to, I was able to explore it as if I was doing it for the first time, which I was. <laughs> so I don't know. It was, it was such, a, it was such a, a mix of things, I guess, in the end. It, so after two year, I was given a two-year leave of absence from Boston University, um, and at the end of those two years, I went out and auditioned, and I was offered three different jobs and I had another, I had a fourth job kind of pending that they were, I was waiting to hear back from when I accepted my first job with the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet.
0: It's still a pretty remarkable thing to, um, but but it's interesting that all of those factors came together. You were just in the right place at the right time with the right instrument, I think. It was, it was sort of a
1: perfect storm situation, you know? (laughs) In a good way. In a good way. (laughs) We have
0: time for another question. Let's try this side. Hmm? Okay, you... What about film has drawn you, and what are you some of your favorite films? That'll probably take us, take us out.
1: Sure, okay. Um, again, thank you, and I will miss you guys terribly and deeply. This has been a very special chapter in my life, and I will always treasure it. Uh, filmmaking, I have always loved films. When I was in acting school, in high school, we went to movies three times a week. Um, I always thought when I was in high school, gosh, I want to be in film. That's where I want to end up. And in high, in high school and in college, I was also, all of my teachers were always trying to push me off the stage and into directing. Uh, they always saw that I I came in with clear vision and a good ability to direct people in that vision and and to move them towards that. So um, So I think that this is just, I'm seeing that it's time and that I'm in a place where I've gathered the experience and the toolkit that will serve me well now on the other side of the creative process. Uh, my favorite films? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, I love Amoldavar. Wow, isn't he brilliant? Um, but I think one of my favorite, yeah, he's great, I love him. Everything he does, it's so cool, it's visually beautiful, it's such a strange story, but it's so real and human and speaks to everyone, despite how um, sort of, you know, like alternative lifestyle sex of the loved world, the world he, he picks up. Um, I also really love the film. I can't say I, I love the other works by this director, but I love Life is Beautiful. I think that is an absolutely brilliant film. And a brilliant portray I just it speaks to me on so many levels. I just wrote a 10-page paper about it actually a few months ago for one of my college applications. So it's I could go on for days about it. So I shouldn't, I should just say I love that film. And I actually really love Boz Lerman a lot too. I know it's frenetic and it only it's only for so many for certain people, but I I think it's visually so rich and really great. So
0: Luke, it has been so much fun to listen to your passion about everything about your dance and about creativity and your art and to know that this next chapter is going to be even more exciting, I'm sure. And we need to have the project of keeping our eye out for your future successes. I know they're, they will be there. Meanwhile I want to say to all of you it's been a great season and it's not quite over yet. Um, we have the weekend <laughs> to get through. Um, go to the website, keep in touch with what's going on with San Francisco Ballet and we look forward to seeing you when the Next season, the 2015, whichever it is, 82, 83, which happens to be... I
1: thought, I did the math, by the way. This is the 81st, so next one will be the 82.
0: And next year we will celebrate Helgi Thomason's 30th season at San Francisco Ballet, which is an accomplishment all in itself in the dance world. All of that said, thank you all so much for being a good audience. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Enjoy this evening's performance. Thank you.